And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today's show, we are talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend and basically just talking about the selections and talking about you know who made it and who were the snubs and kind of my thoughts about the team thus far. So it'll be a, quitty, or a pretty quick and short episode, guys. And before we actually jump into the content, let me go ahead and thank uh, the fans out there who've actually went ahead and subscribed and watched the show there. Definitely appreciate the support. Definitely appreciate you guys commenting and driving stories to the show as well. I want to go ahead and thank uh, the sponsors out there who put sponsorship on the show as usual. And I want to go ahead and thank the platforms, whether it be YouTube and also to Spotify as well, where you can actually find the show. You can also check in the show notes below and you'll actually be able to get to those links to find the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it, guys. And we are talking about the NBA All-Star team. Like I said, the starters, the snubs, kind of my thoughts and reactions as we get ready to head into this uh, All-Star weekend. And while I'm talking here, I'm actually going to throw up some 2K 2024 gameplay of the Los Angeles Clippers, who, in my opinion, are probably the hottest team in the NBA right now. Um, and then also to the Denver Nuggets, who are also the still champions until we reach uh, this year's final. So let me go ahead and throw that up. And let's uh, go ahead and start talking about it, guys. And let's start off with, first and foremost, the Eastern Conference here. And so, um, you know, let me say this. I don't think I think that playing defense kind of hurts you. And I also think losing records also kind of hurts you as far as getting onto the team. I think that that was one of the things that I've kind of noticed the most, you know, just looking at one of the guys that got snubbed in the Western Conference, uh, which was Rudy Gobert. But let's start with the Eastern Conference starters. You got Tyrese Halliburton. You got Damian Lillard. You got Jason Tatum, Giannis. Uh, you got Joel Embiid and um Essentially, you know, with Joel and B going down with the knee injury, you're probably going to get a replacement there. And then the reserves, you have Bam Ayabayo, you have Paulo Banchero of the Magic, you have Jalen Brown, you have Jalen Brunson, uh, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and Julius Randle, who also is injured too in a game just about a couple of days ago, or actually a week ago now, where he actually messed up his shoulder. So, um, solid team. Like I said before, I think that you're seeing a lot of offensive uh, firepower for the most part. And I was kind of shocked that Jalen Brunson made it, but he made it as a reserve. You know, I think that Jalen Brunson to me, uh, you know, since Tyler or since Tyrese Halliburton went down, I think he was probably the best guard in the Eastern Conference. I think a lot of people could really argue about that. Uh, they had won nine straight games going into Saturday's contest with the Lakers, and unfortunately, uh, they took the loss there. The Lakers have had a phenomenal week this week, beating the Boston Celtics without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and then coming into Madison Square Garden and beating a hot Knicks team as well. Now, I know they didn't have OG Anobili, and I know they didn't have Julius Randle, who is out, I believe, due to a separated shoulder, took a nasty fall in the game there, was watching that. So, you know, that that's really my first point is I thought that Jalen Brunson was a starter there. Um, I think that Tyrese Maxey is another guy that I think has played fabulous. And I think that for sure Ty, that Tyrese Maxey should have been a starter as well because, you know, there is already um, – you're looking at Joel Embiid and the amount of games that he has missed. He is almost 
the talk of the NBA is that he is almost basically out of the awards for the end of the year. And certainly I think it's going to happen now because if you looked at the news lately, uh, he's gone down with a knee injury and it looks to be a torn meniscus. And so that's going to take a little bit of time to come back. And I, I just watched the game where Tyrese Maxey went for 40 or 50 points or something uh, crazy like that. And his ability to score the basketball, his ability to get others involved. I mean, I don't know if too many people thought that Tyrese Maxey was going to be this good coming out of Kentucky. I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was going to be that good. So I think Tyrese Maxey certainly was another guy that I think you could say was deserving of the starting guard road, you know, and nothing to take away from Damon Lillard. Um, I think that Dame has had a solid season, but Dame hasn't really had the type of season that we've seen prior to uh, some of his his better years in Portland. Um, and a lot of that has to come down to basically really getting acclimated to the offense. He's obviously learning um, some different defensive principles as well. And when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, really, they've been shuffling really this whole season. I mean, you saw where they had Coach Griffin there. They had one of the best records in the NBA. And in fact, Doc Rivers actually secured uh, a spot to coach in the All-Star game. And that happens if you're one of the top uh, record holders in both conferences. And he's going to be there. And so the Bucs were having a successful season, but they were not defending at a high level. They also had some dissension, I would say, in the locker room. You've read the story there about Bobby Portis and, and the, the players only meeting. Uh, there's certainly video out there where Giannis had gotten into a little bit of a, a sideline kind of, uh, you know, not scuffle, but, you know, an argument there with, with Coach Griffin about, you know, playing time and, and minutes. And so I think that really I, I think it, it, it ran its course and it ran into a situation now where I think a lot of people who have invested so much into the Bucks. It's they feel like this is it for their championship window and they want to maximize that. So, you know, kudos for Dane. I just know he hasn't really been a high, high level performer like he has been before. And that's why I certainly think that you can make a case for Brunson and Maxi to start there in the East. Um, with Giannis, I think he's been solid. Joel Embiid, absolutely. I think if he were healthy um, and I think to really go out there and put it on the limb, I think as good as Joel Embiid has played, he really should still be in consideration for the MVP, even though he is probably not going to qualify because of the games missed. And I think that that's something that perhaps the league office and Joe Dumars kind of looked at. Um, I do understand that, you know, Joe Dumars and those guys are coming from an era in which they averaged about 70 plus games. Uh, a year or, you know, if not 75 a year, as far as the season was concerned, plus playoffs. I mean, those guys played through a lot of injuries. If you go back and look, you know, you'll see, uh, I think there was one playoff series, I think in 89, you'll see Isaiah Thomas has a, a, a huge hamstring wrap, man. And it's like strains like that. You're not going to see players play through even those kind of soft tissue um, injuries anymore. But I just think with Joel Embiid, and then you also look at this injury that he has and the way that he's actually carried and uplifted the 76ers. Uh, I just haven't really seen anybody else out there in the NBA who has played at this type of level and an MVP level. And I think that it's a shame that he's going to be disqualified because of an injury. Um, when you look at how he went down with the knee in Golden State, 
he clearly wasn't right if you look at a couple trips down the floor. And I think Joel Embiid being the competitor that he was, wanted to go out there and he wanted to play even though um, he, he just wasn't quite right. So I think it's unfortunate. And I'm curious to see what now is going to happen with that spot because clearly Joel Embiid, I, I don't think, is going to make the All-Star team or be able to play there. Uh, and neither is Julius Randle. Uh, next up, Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell has had a special year with Cleveland. And I think with Donovan Mitchell, he is now really starting to show that he can be a consistent double-double guy. I would love to see him kind of get up there a little bit more with the assist. We'll see what happens now that he has Mobley back. Uh, Jared Allen is starting to really uh, play at a high clip as well. I've always liked the fact that they went out and got Max Struess over there from Miami, which is going to open up the floor for them. But, you know, the spider has been fabulous. I mean, the way he has actually shot the basketball has been phenomenal. And, you know, coming out of Louisville, he was really a guy that I think not a lot of people thought that he was going to be this great. Um, certainly the way he's able to develop himself into a jump shooter. I didn't think he was going to be able to shoot the three-pointer the way he has done that. Um, and this is kind of tellering off his last years in Utah when actually I think they led the league that year and three-point percentage, but uh, he's played phenomenal. I, I mean, there's not any place on the court that he can't get to. And I think he's turning a little bit more into the point guard role, which has really opened it up for Cleveland. And I think this is something that uh, Cleveland is certainly going to need if they're going to advance. It's going to be more than just him scoring out there. Um, so, you know, kudos to that. I think Donovan Mitchell was well-deserved. Uh, with Jalen Brown, Boston Celtics, and Tatum, I think that arguably they had to probably be there. Um, I think right now they have actually the best record in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, um, of the time of this recording. And, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have played very well this season. And I think that they have been the beneficiaries of having Porzingis there. I don't think that anybody in the NBA has a better fourth uh, score on their team than Christophs Porzingis. And I think that because of Porzingis and because of the way he has played and the fact that he has actually been healthy for the most part. He hasn't been healthy in New York. He hasn't been healthy with Washington and he wasn't healthy with Dallas. Uh, thus far, he hasn't really missed anything here with Boston and he's certainly opened it up the floor. Drew Holiday is a lot better of a facilitator than Marcus Smart, not to take anything away from Marcus Smart because I love the way he plays. Uh, but I think that that has really been the beneficiary for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and why they're having an all-star year. And uh, with Pablo Benchero, loved his game last year for the Orlando Magics. If you look at the Orlando Magics last year, they were one of the best young surging teams in all the N NBA. And the one thing that I will say about uh, Benchero is this, that when you watched him at Duke, Towards the end, when he was in the tournament and things like that, he really started to show that he he had a little bit more than a big man's game uh, because that was the one thing about Ventura was he was just playing uh, more of a, a big man's game kind of during the season in his lone season at Duke. But once he got into the tournament, he started to show that he had an outside jumper. And then it's like when you get to the NBA, that's when you start to see players kind of turn into something else because one, you know, you get into a situation where Orlando wasn't really that great um, and they needed to have something other than just a guy that could go in the box or a guy that could just hit a mid-range jumper. He's shown that he can actually handle the ball. Uh, he's shown that he can 
hit that mid-range. He can actually step out and hit three-pointers on you. He reminds me a lot of kind of what Aaron Gordon is now with Denver, but he's years and years advanced of that, and he's super athletic as well. So I think that Ben Churl was definitely very deserving here for the Orlando Magics to make it. I think that certainly he's he's got a lot more winning to do in this league, and I think that Orlando is certainly on the right pace to get it done um, as they continue to kind of add some people around them. I love what they have um, in, in Anthony Black there, the, the, the talented point guard that they got from Arkansas. Um, they still have Martez Fope on this roster. They still have Wendell Carter Jr. on this roster. They still have Cole Anthony on this roster. So there's so much talent around uh, Ben Cheryl, and I think his game is going to just go up and up and up. Uh, Bam Alibayu for Miami, I think, has probably been the most consistent Miami Heat out there. Uh, it's kind of been the battle of attrition for Miami, even though I just watched them get beat by the Clippers here. Um, you know, it's been a tough year for Miami. I think that now they're starting to see – you know, just a lot of the pieces that they lost in the offseason, uh, you know, whether it be Struess, uh, now that they traded off Cal Lowry, like I'm not sure that the uh, Rozier fit is really working out for them. But Bam has been consistent. Uh, his game has just simply been beautiful. It's elevated a lot since Kentucky. Um, I remember when Bam played with a young De'Aaron Fox and he was just nothing more than just uh, a dunker, a lob player, but man, his game has certainly evolved. He can handle the ball very well, shoots the outside jumper phenomenal as well too. Um, and really a guy that you can run the offense through when Jimmy Butler's not there. So certainly I think well-deserving of the all-star game. Now let's move over to the Western conference guys. And so the West, I think to me was one of the more competitive as far as the guards are concerned. I thought that there were so many players at the guard position that, in my opinion, were deserving to be a starter. So let's start with the starters. You have Luka Doncic, you have Shea Gillis-Alexander, you have LeBron James, you have Kevin Durant, and then you have the Joker himself from the Nuggets. And so um, it's, it's interesting to me because let me start off with this. Starting with Anthony Edwards, I thought that the way Anthony Edwards has played uh, starting with his time with Team USA, I think that he, he's been just a man's man out there. Uh, he has certainly proven that he is a franchise guy. I didn't know too much about him coming out of Georgia. Um, I see now what the hype is. I, I thought he was just pretty much a high flyer, kind of a slashing type of player, but his jump shot has been terrific. Uh, the way he's able to create space and actually get to the side of defenders has been brilliant chase down blocks, uh, the assist. And the one thing that I love about Anthony Edwards is his attitude because he wants all the smoke. I love it about him. This is his second selection. Uh, I, I really think that he should have been a starter out there with the way he's played. He's just been phenomenal. Um, Devin Booker coming into his fourth selection as a reserve as well. Um, Devin Booker, you can possibly argue that he might be a starter as well. I think that in a lot of ways, Devin Booker has played better than Kevin Durant and Bradley Bill. I think that he's probably been the most consistent with Phoenix. I said coming into this thing that Phoenix was going to be top heavy. Um, they've all missed a lot of games, but I believe that Devin Booker has been the most consistent and he packs probably the most amount on the stat sheet. And, and what I mean by that is not only can he score,
but he assists and he finds ways to get rebounds. I'm not sure at that size how he does it, but he is actually a pretty good rebounder at his position. So I think that it's warranted that you could possibly say that he was a starter. Steph Curry in his 10th selection, um, you know, I, you can always argue for Steph, who I think in a lot of ways is going to go down as probably one of the best shooters in NBA history. Uh, and the season that he's really had with Golden State, I mean, Golden State has really been bad for the most part. I, I mean, they've obviously had to go through the situation with Draymond Green and the suspensions. I think that that's been a setback for them. Klay Thompson has had a down year as well. You've had the emergence of um Aminga, and then you've also had kind of the disappointment of Chris Paul, um, who is out with a fractured hand, um, and he's had that a couple times in his career. So, you know, it's it's been a challenging situation for Steph, and I think that, you know, Steph probably would have been a starter, and this is what I'm saying as far as how winning probably affected starters as well, because Golden State's not winning. I think that maybe that kind of drew into the point that uh, he didn't become a starter but I think you can argue for that Kawhi Leonard Paul George um, have played absolutely phenomenal for the Los Angeles Clippers they played a lot of games for the Clippers thus far and and talking to Devontae the real Hogan the one thing that we've talked about here is that can the Clippers stay healthy you know right now Kawhi in his sixth selection Paul George in his ninth and I think that health is going to be the question out there for the Clippers. It's going to be health and it is going to be a matter of death because I'm not betting on the fact that James Harden is going to be effective in the playoffs. Uh, he seems to, to pull a disappearing act when it comes down to the playoffs in all his teams. And I think that Paul George somewhat um, since his early years in Indiana, when they were actually trying to compete to get out of the East and couldn't get past Miami, uh, since he's taken that major leg injury, his playoffs have kind of been on the downslide as well. They haven't been as good as, excuse me, his seasons have been. So that's question um, as far as are you going to get that consistency? And I think that that's where the death is going to come in with the Clippers. And that's why I'm kind of thinking that they might want to make a move because you're going to have to really count on some younger guys that haven't really necessarily been there in Kofi or, or coffee. And then also too, you're going to have to depend on Terrence Mann who played well when Kawhi went down, but is the pressure going to be too great because of the expectations? And so that's why I'm thinking that the Clippers might want to go out there and make a move here, but rightfully so these two deserve to be in the all-star game. I think you could argue that, Without a doubt, Kawhi or Paul George could start over LeBron James. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, he's had a quiet year. Um, I'm not going to, you know, downplay it, but okay, I, I will say this from a scoring standpoint, Carl Anthony Towns has had a terrific year, but Rudy Gobert has had the better defensive year and he got snubs. And so this is where I'm talking about where I think defensively, you know, if you were a good player, you might have got snubbed off here. And I think that offense was probably the priority here in this all-star game. So not to take away anything from Carl Anthony Towns, I believe he had a 60-point game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he had like 40 in the half or something crazy like that. And that was during that time where three players actually went for 60-plus. If you remember, it was Luka Doncic, it was Joel Embiid, and then it was Carl Anthony Towns. So, you know, these guys were having phenomenal games and – you also had um, Devin Booker 
who was in there as well, who had a phenomenal game too. So uh, I get it, you know, with the scoring from Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I, I see why he made it, but you know, that would certainly be, I think a questionable thing that you could say, like maybe he could come off the all-star team for, you know, a Gubert or a Gerbert or somebody like that. But um, going into the snubs that I really didn't mention uh, that didn't get pub. Let's start off with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. Uh, the Kings have played phenomenal. I think that when you look at the Kings, certainly these two were deserving to be on the all-star squad. Um, you know, their their fifth best record, they're 27 and 19 in the West. So they're certainly winning. Um, you know, Fox is one of the NBA's top scoring. He's averaging uh, a career best 27.2 and five assists per game and 4.1 rebounds. Uh, Sabonis is having a fabulous year as well. I know this. He's on my fantasy basketball team. He's averaging 19.9, 13 boards, and eight assists per game, which is seventh best in the NBA. So these are certainly a couple of players that I think were deserving to be on the roster. Um, I think that you could argue that you could certainly take a Towns off the roster for a Sabonis or a Fox. Um, Sabonis has the most double-doubles with 42 right now. Um, you know, 46 games of the season. This like hasn't happened since Moses Malone had 45 during the 82-83 season. Uh, that's just to kind of give you a little bit of a backdrop to how good Sabonis has played. Remember his father playing for Portland back in the day, uh, and he was tough too as well. Uh, only wish they could have got him earlier in his career versus later. But those are two players that I think definitely could have been on the all-star team and I think should be. Rudy Gobert, I talked about it. I think the emphasis on the defense was certainly something that um, it, it I, I guess it wasn't there for the all-star or game this, this year. Uh, he's second in the NBA in reboundings with uh, 12.4, and he's eighth in blocks with 2.1. So I think certainly you could argue for Rudy. Um, Brandon Ingram, I, I think he's probably one of the brightest spots for the Pelicans. I think he's been the most consistent. C.J. McCullough, he was out with the collapsed lung. Uh, Zion Williams has not been consistent at all. Very worrisome about uh about Zion long term. Um, I think he's already missed out a little bit on some some money uh, due to the fact of just, you know, the stipulation of playing so much or something like that in the contract. I think he's already kind of missed those games. And so that's kind of hurt him there for the extra. And so I think that, yeah, when you look at Brandon Ingram, man, he's like one of the bright spots here. He's averaging 21.5 points per game. Um, you know, like I said, Williams has missed 10 games this season. And, you know, he's really doing the thing here when these guys are out. So I, I like Brandon Ingram. Laurel Markinen, I think, is another guy that you definitely could go ahead and put out there. Uh, I get sad every time I look at Laurel Markinen play for Utah every night because here's a guy that the Chicago Bulls gave up on too early. He was the best shooter in the draft when he came out. Um, and I just think that he – Almost, I mean, like the Jazz are like on the cusp of like being in the playing tournament, and they're like on the cusp of playing tournament. They're in the cusp of rebuild. They're kind of a lot like what the Thunder were prior to getting all these draft picks and players. So uh, I think he certainly could be there. Jamal Murray, I think you could definitely make a case for him. Uh, here's a guy that I, I get it. He's missed a lot of injuries, you know, he, or he's missed a lot of time due to some injuries here. Um, you know, he's had the sprained ankle, he had the hamstring deal, uh, but he's he's been phenomenal since he's returned back from that knee injury, major knee injury. 
And so I think he certainly could have been there. Christoph Porzingis, I think another guy that I talked at the top of the show, I think he certainly could be there. Uh, I think that there's no better fourth score in the NBA. And I think that this is going to be critical for the Boston Celtics. And I think that ultimately speaking, I think the one thing that's probably going to hold them back is certainly going to be the mental toughness. But the one thing about Kristaps here is he's averaging 19.4 points per game, 6.9 rebounds and two assists in the game or two assists a game, excuse me. Uh, so I definitely think that those numbers were warranting an all-star reserve position. Uh, another guy that I've loved to watch and a guy that I picked up from a fantasy as well is Alperine Sagoon. Love his game out of the Rockets. He reminds me a lot of what Powell and Mark Casal are. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time before he starts to knock down that three-point, three-pointer, excuse me, that I think that he is going to be a guy that he will make multiple all-star games. And I think that for sure, if he's not in anything else, he's probably going to be your most improved player, uh, I think, of the league at this point in time, the, with the way he's played. Um, and then lastly, guys, I, I, could you make an argument for Victor Wimbenyana and Trey Young? Victor Wimbenyana has been absolutely fascinating. You talk about the unicorn. This guy is an alien. He is certainly deserving of the number one pick. He is worth every bit of hype. I think he's worth every penny that you pay to go watch him play. Got a chance to watch him in the summer league. Excited to go watch him play here uh, in the NBA now that he's got his jersey on. But 20.6 points per game, 10.1 rebounds per game, lead, leads the NBA in blocks with 3.2. I mean, I just think the one thing that probably hurt them was the fact that the Spurs aren't winning. And then Trey Young, he's quietly had a pretty good year, even though the Hawks have been absolutely terrible. 27 points a game and he is second in assists with 10.9 points per game but the hawks have been disappointing they look terrible they're looking to it looks like it's a fire sale out there with all the people that they're looking to trade or get rid of and i think that these are certainly some of the things that may have hurt these players as far as making it to the all-star game so with that being said guys this is my nba all-star team starters snubs kind of reactions here um you know, I'm thinking just lastly, I'm going to cap it with this. If you got a chance to watch the NHL hockey all-star game, I think that the NBA should maybe ad adopt something like that. I think that you should have a team that actually uh, players that got snubbed. And I think that they should actually participate in the NBA all-star weekend in some shape of capacity. Like, I'm not sure if that means that, um, maybe for a half the the all-stars play and then you know you have the regular all-stars play against the snub team or something like like I don't know if they should extend it um, but I think that that would be quite interesting and it'd be something I think that people should push out there to the NBA is like could there ever possibly be an east versus west and then and maybe an east versus west versus the snubs or something like that so just throwing that out there, guys, something I would like to see as an NBA fan. Let me know what you guys think in the comments here. Before we get out, I just want to thank you guys for going ahead and checking out the content. So all the fans out there who have either subscribed or checked out the podcast, I want to go ahead and thank also to Spotify and also to YouTube for actually having us um having a platform for us to put the show on and then also to any sponsors out there have actually put sponsorship on the show definitely appreciate it very thankful for that 
Until the next show, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. I'll see you guys on the next one. And I'm saying peace, guys. Enjoy, enjoy All-Star Weekend and enjoy the Super Bowl coming up next week. Have a great show coming up about that. Take care.